0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the Building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. You have given us the victory through Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have a living hope. We thank you that Jesus Christ is the risen King. And because you raise him from the dead, you will also raise us as well. We thank you for resurrection life and resurrection power that is part of our spiritual reality now. The kingdom is now. We thank you for that because when we cannot depend on anything else, we know we can look to you and find faith, hope, love, everything that we need to help us make it through even just one more day. And even when this whole life is over, you promised us a dwelling place with you forever. We thank you for that security. We thank you for that certainty. We thank you for that eternal gospel truth because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, praise team. Let's give it up for this worship team, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, um, it is good to be with each of you here uh, in person and connecting with those of you tuning in live on Facebook or YouTube, wherever else this finds its way. Uh, God bless you all. I'm grateful for Pastor John and Pastor Kai asked me to come and to share today uh, from the word and um, looking to to, to step into something that uh, it can be um, an intense topic, but we're going to see how God uh, moves us from one place to the next, from a place where there is some oftentimes discomfort and pain to a place where there is faith and hope and where we have become closer to God uh, by how we are viewing some things through the gospel lens that he gives us in his word. Um, so I, I, I want to start by, by just sharing this. Um, you know, when I was, when I was in, the, uh, in the Air Force, I was a chaplain for, for nine years, and I grew up in the Air Force. Uh, both my parents were in the Air Force, uh, active duty, and, um, uh, and I, I grew up in that. And then I went into the Air Force myself for about nine years. Um, and, and then after that, I was on staff at a church for about another nine years until God led me to leave last year and step into a whole new season. And I say all that to say this, that when I was growing up with my parents in the Air Force, there was always financial security. When I stepped into my own career in the Air Force, there was financial security. I knew no matter what happened, whether we were at war or not, every 1st and 15th, yes, sir. there was going to be a generous deposit yes. into my bank account. And then when I left there and became, came on staff at a church, that was another 9 to 5, another uh, 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 avenue for financial Security. So here's my point. I never had to pray for finances. Didn't have to think about it. Now, if you'd ask me, who's providing for you? Oh, the Lord's providing for me. You know, I, I knew I knew the good vacation Bible school answer to give. But it's it's all Jesus. It's all but realistically, I was grateful for my parents who are both working. I was grateful for my own job. I was grateful for and and, and I, I didn't realize how much confidence and faith and trust I had in those things until I left the season of nine to five. And stepped out into an Abraham season where God says, I just want you to leave everything and, and leave and just go. And I'll tell you where you're going when you get there. Now, that sounds cool up front. right? Initially, y'all, I'm just in a season like Abraham. You know, we all want to be like Abraham, you know, man of faith, right? But then it's like, okay, but, but hold on, because the first and fiftieth are coming and nothing else was deposited. You, you hear what I'm telling you? This was a different kind of season for me, and up until this point, like I said, I would have told you that God is my provider, and I didn't realize until the nine to five was gone how much faith and trust I had in the nine to five, although I would give you a spiritual answer. In my heart, I really did trust in something else, and I did not know how much I trusted in that until it was gone. Until I had to go, okay, God, uh, what are we going to do now? Right? You called me out. Right? Now, that's, that song, you, you called me out upon the waters, the great under- Yeah, that's cool to sing it with everybody else. Right? Well, let me walk on the ocean. Let me walk where my feet won't won, won, won fail. My, my trust will fail. And, I, and I, I can trust you without borders. That sounds cool on a worship lyric. It, it's different living that out. Okay, all right, Father, we are uh, the first and came and went. Uh, okay, that's no no, no problem. You know, God's good. God's faithful. He's faithful. Uh, and then the 15th, okay, came and went. I said, oh, wait, there was, there was no deposits, Jesus. Well, what, what are we going to do? Huh? He said, do what you're doing right now. Talk to me about it. Now, now, oh, my, oh, I've been saved a long time, but I've never had to pray for this. Never had to trust him for this. I trust him for other things. I pray for other things, but I never had to, this area here. Is now where I have to trust him in a way I've never had to trust him before, which meant I had to see a different side of him that I've never had to see before. I had to see the come through financially, God. I've seen the come through with physical healing, God. I've seen the come through with get rid of your haters, God. <laughs> I've been through storms before. I've seen him move and all these kind of things, but, not, but I'd have, I didn't need him here, so I never had to pray to him without here, but now I'm here and I need him here. And so, that's just, one snippet. Part of what's been going on with, with John Harris. And, and it's, it was cool to even leave last, but then we come into 2020. Now there's no nine to five and a pandemic. Lord oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? What what is this? It just got worse which means I can either have my worry and anxiety go through the roof or I can have my trust in God go through the roof, but they both can't grow at the same time. I've got to choose how am I going to live, and I made the decision I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to trust in him, but every now and then that anxiety try to creep up my leg, and I've got to say, no, I'm not living that way. I'm living this way. His word says, trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And lean not to your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will lead you every step of the way. Man, that sounds good on a bumper sticker. Man, that's cool on a bookmark, but wow! When you got to live it with a wife and three kids. There's a different reality there in there, isn't there? And so I had to pray about some things. And the thing about praying about a new category of things in your life is that it gives God an opportunity to reveal a different side of who he is for you. See, the nature of God as the Father, he's like a diamond with different facets. And when the light hits that diamond, you can see all these different facets. And so the thing about it is, when you, listen to me, guys, when you are going through your lives, you may have had an experience already where you have learned some things about God, but we never get to a place where we know everything about God. We're constantly in a place of learning new things about God, growing in our knowledge of God all the time, all the time, all the time. And when you go through tough situations in your life, the thing you have got to do is ask yourself this question, what side of God am I to learn about now? Because as you go through things, God knows that his glory is glorious. And as you go through stuff and you look to him, he's going to turn a little bit and go, look at this one see I'm 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 provider now you need to know this side of me now you need to trust this side of me look at look at, maybe you got a relationship problem he said look look I'm reconciler see if you humble yourself i work this relationship out right now you think it's all about them no i'm talking to you and he might go look wait 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 i'm healer <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm everything that you need, but usually we don't see it all at the same time. We see the side we need to see to get us through the season we're in. And so, so there's a passage of Scripture Where the Apostle Paul gives us uh, an example of how to walk through a difficult situation that, that he wanted to change, but he couldn't change. He wished he could change it, but he couldn't change it. He wanted God to change it, and God told him no. And if you've been looking at Pastor John's Facebook page, you already know what passage I'm talking about. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to begin in verse 6. Mrs. Paul talking about this thorn in his flesh. He says, If I wanted to boast, if I wanted to brag, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I wouldn't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from being proud. Three times, I begged the Lord, to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Now watch this shift for Paul. So now, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For I discovered something, y'all: that when I am weak, then I am strong. And more specifically, I discovered that when I embrace my weak moments, All right. I am more aware of the power of Christ to move through me and do for me what I can do for myself. When I give up on depending on my own strength, That's when I see God's strength come through. That's when I see him coming through. When I try to stop figuring out myself, that's when I see his peace coming through, his comfort coming through, his power coming through. He says, I've learned this, y'all. And so now I don't complain about my weaknesses. I don't even try to cover them up. I've learned to brag about them. Because I see something that Jesus does in me. But I don't see when I'm trying to hide it, when I'm trying to cover it up, when I'm trying to compensate for it, when I'm trying to act like it ain't there, when I'm trying to worry about my image and worry about my reputation, when I'm trying trying to do me, I end up seeing the limitations of me. But when I embrace the fact that I don't have it all together, I see what Christ does in me. And so he goes, "I I want you to see this shift. I I was first complaining about this thing, but now I'm excited about this thing. So I want to talk about your thorn and God's grace embracing the power of weakness. Your thorn and God's grace embracing the power of weakness. There's a lot that we could say about Paul's story, and scholars disagree on what it was and all this kind of stuff, but one of the things we we could just be very, very clear today is this. It was an aggravation to Paul. It was an annoyance to Paul. It was hard for Paul, an inconvenience for Paul, and Paul could not get rid of it on his own. That, that, that's what we should know about the thorn, because there's probably some things like this in your life. Don't don't look at nobody in the room. That that'd be too obvious right now. Just wrong wrong timing. Like yeah, it's a thorn, all right. It's a thorn. <laughs> No, there's, there's some things in our lives that we would want to be changed, that we would want to be different. It's causing us pain, anxiety, maybe even fear. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable. And it, for whatever reason, it's still here. Whatever reason, we've asked God to take it. And the entire time, he's like, no, no. Because as a matter of fact, we wouldn't even be talking if it wasn't for this thorn. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't even be having a conversation right now if it wasn't for this with this thorn. You know, I, I love you and I and I miss you. And if it's a thorn that brings you to the prayer closet, well, thorn it is. Come on. That's right. We love comfort. We love Freedom from this kind of stuff. We don't like pain. But every now and then in your life and in my life, there will be these thorns that you cannot change on your own. There will be some problems that you cannot fix on your own. There will be some weaknesses that you have in your life that you cannot change on your own. And the question is not, can God deliver you? The question is, what will you do until then? Some thorns are, are, are permanent. Some thorns are seasonal. God uses both of them. And the question is not, how long will this thorn be in my life? The question is, what will be your posture? What will be your disposition? What will it be? And even here we see an example of a, a, a mature apostle who's had his ups and his downs. Now, this is the same guy that wrote, he said, when wherever you have sin, God has more grace. And he, the way he put it says, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. In other words, he says that wherever you've got sin, God always has more grace than you have sin. He always has more mercy than you've got mistakes. He's always got more forgiveness than you've got flaws. That, that uh, Paul was aware that God's grace can cover sin. But what we see him learning in this moment is, is that God's grace is also a sustaining grace. That gives you power to endure, power to persevere. That when you do that, when the thorn still remains, you can still be faithful. When the thorn still remains, you can still be victorious. When the thorn still remains, you can still be successful. When the thorn still remains, but the difference is you can't do it on your strength. That's what the thorn is about. The thorn is about understanding that when your lights go out, that there's a generator that you should have had on from the very beginning. Paul says, I can't do anything about this. i tried to figure this out. Tried to get this to end on my own. I can't do anything about it. God, I need you to take it. And God says, my grace is sufficient. Yeah, no, 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 no. I need you to take this. Use your grace to take it. No, my grace is sufficient. No, God, I'm, I know your grace is sufficient when I need forgiveness. I know your grace is sufficient when, when, the, when I need the blood of Jesus to wash away my sin. But, I, but I've got this, this thorn specifically. It's aggravating me. It's a messenger of Satan. It's, it's constantly buffeting me and hitting my life and attacking me. I need you to take it. No. No. My grace is sufficient. So what needs to happen here, Paul, is you shift your focus from your thorn to my grace. And if you pay attention, you'll see that the power of my grace will eclipse the pain of the thorn. This this is about your focus, Paul. And I care more about your faith than I do your comfort. I care more about our relationship than I do your convenience. I hear you being aggravated by this thing, but I'm working something in you. I see you being annoyed by this thing, but I'm revealing something to you about myself. Now, the cool thing is that, that Paul... Paul knew God enough to know that when as soon as God said this, right? Now, it took him three times. Took him three times. He's like, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. I need this thing to be gone. No, my grace. No, 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 no. I need this thing to be gone. No, 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 my grace. No, God, I need this thing to be gone. Listen, my grace is sufficient because my power works best in weakness. Okay. Yeah, got it. Okay. Your power Works. See, before it was just me and my pain. Then You added something to the equation. Your power, oh, your power works best when I take my hands off of it. Your power works best when I run right into my limitations. Your power works best when I am helpless. That's why Paul said, I've learned, y'all, whatever state I'm in, to be content. Paul said, I have been full and I've been hungry. I've had clothes and I've been naked. I've been surrounded by friends and surrounded by enemies. And I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the same conclusion Paul says there, that he says right here, that when I'm weak, the power of Christ is working through me. And here's the thing, I always want the power of Christ to work through me. And if it means embracing my weakness, being okay with what I cannot control, being okay with what I cannot manipulate and change, if it takes that for his power to come through, I'm good. I'm good. Sign me up. For the extra grace. Sign me up for the power of Christ working through me. And so now as I step into your grace and your keeping power and your sustaining power, God, you're right. Your grace is sufficient for this thorn and that thorn. Because don't act like you only got one. Your grace is sufficient for this thorn and this thorn and this thorn. And all these thorns, because as I'm going through this, I'm seeing, I'm learning about you. I'm seeing a side of you I would not have seen when I was trusting in myself, when I was controlling things my own way, when I had my hands on every situation, because when I'm, watch this, when I'm in control, that's when I feel comfortable. And then when I'm not in control, That's when I feel weak and vulnerable. And the father says, well, you've always been weak and vulnerable. Uh, You thinking you had strength was where you were deceived the first time. You've always been weak and vulnerable. Always. You need to learn that you are always weak and vulnerable. I remember when Jesus said, uh, Suffer so the little kids that come to me, right? The parents were bringing the kids to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to bless the kids. The disciples were like, no, no, we ain't got a kids' ministry. And Jesus was like, don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't push the kids away, right? Because if you don't receive the kingdom like one of these kids, you won't get in. See, you don't come to God acting like you're a blessing. You come to God saying, I need you. Yeah. Come you come to him acting all special. God is not impressed because even when you don't recognize that he's gifted you, he knows he's gifted you. And he ain't impressed by his gifts even when you have them. Right. <laughs> so you're not, you're not, your, your abilities aren't impressive to him because everything you have is his to begin with. Yeah. That's why he gets all the glory. Yeah. That's why we say that. Right, If he gets all the glory, that means you get none. <laughs> and we're, 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 we're so used to doing things on our own, fixing things. If it hurts, I'll fix it. If it's broke, I'll fix it. We're so used to doing it. Fixing, 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 fixing. And we're not used to feeling helpless. We're taught to, to, to uh, uh, be against that feeling to fight that feeling of helplessness. But as a son and daughter of God in his family, there's a lot you won't even see or receive if you don't acknowledge how helpless you are. That's what Paul was learning. Paul was learning, and when God shifted his perspective from the pain and discomfort of the thorn to his grace, Paul says, I got it because I want you to work through me, and I want to see more of who you are. And I, I want to understand you more and know you more, and I want your power to work through me more. And if it means doing it with this thorn, then it is what it is. I want to know you, and I want to trust you. Now, let me let me let me uh, uh, share this, and then we'll and then we'll close. The, okay, <laughs> <laughs> tell, we're going to a revival up in this piece. you be like. <laughs> You can agree with what I'm saying in your head and still walk out here and be the same with just new insight. That won't change you. The only way that you and I can look at the grace that God gives to us and focus on that lean on that, depend on that in such a way that his power comes through and eclipses the pain of the thorn. The only way we do that is not by agreeing with that truth in our head. That must happen in our hearts. Here's why. Because when we are used to having our hands on things, Fixing things. We're used to feeling competent and confident. We're used to feeling in control. We're used to having everything in our, the ball is in our court, right? We're, we're used to that. And we shy away from any feelings of, of vulnerability or flaws or, or, you know, we try to cover it. We make mistakes, we try to cover it, right? Because we're trying to protect something. When we're so used to that, it's because our hearts find comfort in that behavior. And in fact, our behavior, say, to control things, is we do that because we feel comfortable. Comfort is something that happens in our hearts, not our heads. Comfort is a heart issue. And the reason why, if you're a controlling person, the reason why you like controlling things is because you trust your ability to control. You trust that when you control, things work out in the, in the best interest of everybody involved, it's a trust issue. And you cannot depend on God's grace. You cannot experience the power of Christ working through you until you make what I call the trust transfer. You only have, just like money, you only have a certain amount of trust. Hey, we're looking at bank accounts, right? You got a certain amount. Of trust. And right now, when you came into this building, right now, you have your self account and an amount of trust in yourself. You trust in your strengths. You trust in your abilities. You trust in all these things about you. All your, you, you trust in it. And then you have your God account. And there is a measure of trust in that account as well. You cannot leave here thinking, well, I agree with Dr. John's message. I need to trust God more, so that's what I'm going to do. It's not just a matter of the will. It's a matter of the heart. In order for your trust in your God account to increase, you've got to make a withdrawal from your self-account. There are other things right now you're trusting in. You're trusting in in your ability you're trusting in your job you're trusting in the air force trusting in that nine to five and when those things disappeared i got kind of razzled because i'm like well what do i do now the same thing you've been preaching about john harris trust in the lord with all your heart i didn't know that i had that much trust in my self-account until that self-account started to get depleted so I couldn't figure out how I do things, how to figure. I'm, I, I like, like one of the things that I'm, that I'm gifted to do is, is solving problems and figuring things out. And so I had, I had learned to trust in my ability to figure things out, to trust in my ability to solve my own problems. And as long as I trusted in my ability to do these things, that was sabotaging my prayer life. And I didn't know why. Didn't know why I didn't have the desire to pray. I know now why I didn't have the desire to pray. I don't need to pray when I can fix it. But when I can't fix it, oh, Jesus, Lord, oh, we're crying out, Father. Oh, we need to do a a corporate fast for my breakthrough, right? It's like like when you hit the wall, now you feel the way God sees you, helpless without him. And then God says, now I can do me. You, right now, you have trust in your self-account. You got to withdraw that trust. That doesn't happen in your head, it happens in your heart. And sometimes you have help. It'd be one thing for me to try to withdraw that trust when I stay at a nine to five but then I got forced to do it. I got forced to depend on him. My back was up against the wall. I got, I got, I got forced to do it. Well, why does God allow those situations where, you, where you're forced to choose to depend on him, where, you, where you're forced to have to lean on him? Because, Because since it's not comfortable or convenient, you oftentimes won't choose to do that willingly. When you're forced to do it, then you depend on him. You trust him. Now he comes through. Now you learn through a forced situation. You learn you can count on him. The reason why that's important is because there will be other times where you won't be forced to do it. Now you've learned to count on him. Now you'll choose to do it. Let me give you an example. When Jesus was in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, after, after those 40 days, Satan comes and tries to tempt him, right? Uh, I, I know you're hungry. If, if you really are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Could Jesus have done it? He had the power. He had the control. He chose weakness. Satan, what you're offering me is indeed what I want. But I'm choosing weakness because I'm choosing to get it God's way. I'm not. I, I could change it. I, I, I could say you're right. I could change it, but it's not God's way. And He has already learned. Now He's thirty. Years, he's already learned that there are things I could do on my own, but it's not God's way. I could get a job on my own, but it's not. God's way. And if I step into my own thing to, to ease my own uh, 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 comfort, then I step into something else I'm going to end up having to pray about later. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, but if, so when I can't fix it myself, let me just not, 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 uh, not, not have a negative attitude about that season. Let me embrace the season yeah. of the thorn. Let me embrace what I'm learning here yeah. about God. God, I will embrace you. Yeah. So, so in the kingdom, Embracing your weakness is embracing his power. Yeah. And Jesus said, no. Nah. Satan, let's go up to this mountain. Look at all the kingdoms of the world. I know that's why he came down here, get these kingdoms back, right? I'll, I'll Just bow down to me, I worship. No. It's not God's way. It's not God's way. And Paul said, yeah, I want the thorn gone. But when God says my grace is sufficient, He's saying, I'm giving you divine power. That's what grace is. It's divine power to live with the thorn, to overcome the thorn. The thorn might be painful, but you've got grace. The thorn might be embarrassing, but you've got grace. The thorn might be visible to others, but you've got grace. You might not be able to explain your thorn to other people, John, but you've got grace. You've got Grace. And You all have had an interesting kind of season where you're you're able to see somebody's thorn on display. Your thorn is private. His thorn has been on video. His thorn has been on display. His thorn has been on Facebook. But don't you forget, you've got your own thorn. And the same God that will sustain John Butcher will sustain Kaya Butcher and the kids and sustain you. Talking about. You say, God, you say, He's my husband. The kids say, He's my dad. The church says, Yes, our pastor. The father says, But that's my son. That's my son. I've got him. I've got him. Oh, sometimes it's tough when you watch someone else with their thorn because you want to change it too. Huh? My grace is sufficient. It's sufficient. It's what you need. And it's what you've got in abundance. My grace. So that the power can work. Oh, it's not. We, we, none of us would choose any of our thorns. No, that's what makes them thorns. There's no thing, such thing as a comfortable thorn. No. But it's about the trust transfer, it's a trust transfer. And God uses thorns to develop his record with you, to develop your history, right? Where you in those moments where you, 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 you can't fix it, you depend on him, he comes through, then you learn that he's a, you can depend on him. So then again, you come to other situations where you know you, you actually could put your hands on it, but you've learned something now, right? If I'm David, then I'm praying, God, don't let no lions come out these woods on me. Don't let no bears come out these woods. I'm in charge of taking care of my dad's sheep. My prayer is don't let any animals attack. Well, that wasn't the plan. Because, David, if, if, I, don't, if I don't let the bear come out, you won't see that I'll use you to destroy the bear. If I don't let the lion come out, you won't see that I'll use you to, to cause a lion to tap out. Come on, MMA. Cause a lion to tap out. Right? Now why is that important? It didn't seem important for God to give David the victory over the bear. It didn't seem important for God to give David a victory over the lion where he, he couldn't help it. He was forced to do something, forced to depend on God. It doesn't seem that these victories are even relevant until Goliath comes on the scene. And now David has a record of a God who's faithful. David says, the God who took care of the bear and the God who took care of the lion will surely take care of Goliath. See, the lion and the bear were not optional for David, but Goliath was. But he learned about the faithfulness of God in inconvenient, painful situations he could not control. And it enabled him, surrounded by an army of people, to be the one that says, I know something about God. This is a bad day for Goliath, the same God, the same God. How, how does a boy, you ever seen a lion? How do, You read the passage, he grabbed the lion by his mane. That's close. You can't get closer. How does a boy kill a lion with a not the slingshot with his bare hands? Divine power. Grace. Grace for the bear. Grace. For the lion. So you learn that grace is available for you for now for you to voluntarily step into when it's time to handle Goliath. I don't know Goliath and his history of fighting. I know a God who's faithful. I've learned when I when I couldn't control it, God came through. When I didn't want it, God came through. So now I'm a different man. I'm a different man. His power comes through, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I've learned that when I'm weak, he's strong. In other words, when I'm aware that I'm weak, I'm aware that he's strong. And he can do it his way. He can do it his way, John. He can do it his way. Yeah. Yeah. Your thorn in God's grace embrace the power of weakness. It's uncomfortable, I know. I know. You can't depend on you. I know. That's counterintuitive. Some of you, your family put that pressure on you. The only person you can count on is yourself. All right, well, that's a bit demonic. That's not kingdom. The world will teach you things like self-confidence. Self-confidence will ruin you in the kingdom. The world will teach you self-reliance. Self-reliance will ruin you in the kingdom. Tony Robbins might tell you, Les Brown might tell you, Gary Vee might tell you, all these people in the secular world trying to tell you how to, how to move forward in business in the secular, it's there, that's their way. That don't work in the kingdom. What does self-confidence do in a place where Jesus said, deny self? You try to learn to be confident in something he said deny. You want to rely on something he said deny. You want to trust something he said, deny. It's clear, y'all. You can't trust yourself. You can't depend on yourself. They're all you, you don't pull yourself, on your bootstraps in the kingdom. You don't do that. You ain't even got no boots. When you come to him and say, God, I ain't got no boots. I don't have no boots. I just got you. I just got you. Dave is on the heels. Nobody's around when he's crying out. Nobody's around when you're in the hospital by yourself crying out, crying out, crying out. That's what reveals the nature of God. The cry out. The cry out. The cry out. That's what caused him to go. Friend. Healer. Provider. Comforter. Everything else you count it on, it's not, it can't fix it. Like, But we got, John, I got you. Building, I got you. You're my sons and you're my daughters. And sometimes it takes the removal of everything else for you to see how important I am. But I love you. I don't want to see you in pain. I don't want to see you hurt. But I want you to know me. And I want you to trust me, to trust me, not as your last resort. I want you to trust me, right? All I I can do is pray now. You know, every time you hear somebody say that, because they tried everything else already. Hmm? They tried everything else already. All I can do is pray now. It's all in God's hands now. Wasn't it always in his hands? See, it took the wall for you to acknowledge that. But what happens if you begin the storm with that attitude? It's in his hands. What happens when it first pops up? It's in his hands. It's in his hands. Prayer is my number one option. Depending on him is my number one option. It's in his hands. Why don't you do this? I could. I've learned. Let his grace do it. Let his grace do it. Father, thank you so much. that you teach us how you keep us. You reveal to us things about yourself that we didn't know we needed to know. And even as we learn about you we're actually learning a lot about ourselves. We're learning about our vulnerabilities, we're learning about our weaknesses we're learning about the lies that keep us believing we can, we can uh, be self-confident. And self-reliant. the more we learn about our limitations. The more we see you come through and the, the way we see you sustain us and we see your presence and we see your miracles in the midst of the thorn, the more we see you, the more we trust you. The more we know you, the more we love you. Father, I pray for everyone who is here hearing this message in person, live, or the replay. Father, we all have thorns in our lives. Help us to turn to you. To see you. To know you. We've seen so many things in our world can change with just one news report. But you are the one who never ever changes. Teach us to trust you. To depend on your divine power that you make readily available for us. To endure our thorns. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.